So the Sunday before Thanksgiving is when I will offer my alphabet sermon, and I'll say more about that, the sermon and the sermon itself. I'm going to read a psalm of thanksgiving, of gratitude. And then we will join our voices together in singing a version of this psalm set to music. And you will be familiar with the tune, but it has been sung by centuries of Christians. The 100th Psalm, a psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is God that made us and we are his. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to God, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and God's faithfulness is to all generations. Well, this is the gazillionth year I have offered my Thanksgiving alphabet sermon. Most of you know the shape and the format to it, but if you're fairly new to the church, it's this. Over the years, I have chosen words usually that relate to Thanksgiving or to the church, and use that word and each letter in it to help lift up something for which I am grateful. Today my word is Sabbath, which literally means in Hebrew to cease or desist. But I speak these or spell these words not for your sake, not so that you know um, for what I am thankful for, but it is a catalyst for yourselves. I hope that you will go home today, maybe by yourself, with a friend, a loved one, and spell Sabbath for yourself. My words are just, my list is just a catalyst for your thinking of what you are grateful, of things that you might put in your gratitude bag. And I've said this many times and written this in so many thank you notes that I know you've heard it before, but the spirit of this sermon is this. It comes from the 13th century mystic man by the name of Meister Eckhart, who said if the only prayer or words you ever say is thank you, that will suffice with God. And thank you is probably a foundational feeling for a right relationship with God as well. So in that spirit, I will spell Sabbath for you in a moment, but to get you ready to think of things that maybe you might not remember to put in your gratitude bag, but are really gifts to us that we may take for granted. To sort of set this table of gratitude, I want you to think of these things. If you went to bed last night and had not experienced hunger all day yesterday, you are luckier than the 500 million people who went to bed hungry last night. If you've had more health than illness this week, or even if you haven't felt all that well, but have had access to good health care, you are more blessed than about two billion people this week. Think about it this way. If you drove to church this morning and never even thought about the dangers of coming to worship God in the way that you wish to, you weren't stopped by the authorities or the police and asked where you're going. Basically this, if you know, remember that you have religious freedom, you are better off than the three billion people in the world who cannot worship their God freely. And finally this, which is staggering to me. If you have any money in a savings account, or quite honestly, 
$20 in your purse or in your wallet. And it's actually even less than that. If you have spare change in the coffee cup holder in your car that you don't need to make ends meet, you are among the wealthiest 10% in the world. So in that spirit of not taking things for granted, great for granted, and to be grateful for them, here's how I spell Sabbath in 2019. And Meredith will help me, sometimes standing up here, when you forget the words, the letters don't flow as easily. But Sabbath uh, for, begins with S, and the word, it grows from the root of Sabbath, sabbatical. A sabbatical is a time when you cease or desist. God, as it says, made the world in seven days, and on the seventh day he rested. Six days, and on the seventh day he rested. In the Old Testament, fields lie fallow every seven years so that they can be regenerated, so nutrients can return, and they can have abundant harvest once again. I understand that sabbaticals are not common in lots of professions, but they are remarkable gifts to those of us who are your pastors. Pastor Meredith celebrated a sabbatical this past summer. Catherine will go on one this coming year, I hope to in 2021. And I wanted to share the word sabbatical with you because they are gifts to us, and we recognize them as gifts. And we are truly grateful for that time to be renewed and restored. And the ministry is a remarkable and wondrous calling, but it's a depleting one as well. And we're grateful for a time to lie fallow. So that's us, A of, of Sabbath. It stands for Anderson, Phil Anderson. You don't know Phil Anderson, but Phil was my professor of pastoral care and counseling at Chicago Theological Seminary. And Phil was at the tail end of his career when I was there. He had been the professor of pastoral care and counseling so long, he had been my predecessor, Bob Kemper's professor of pastoral care and counseling as well. But Phil was a remarkable man who taught us much about patience and being in the moment. Well, after he retired, he came back to do a presentation to about 200, of, 200 alums. And what Phil shared with us was astonishing. <clears throat> he did a presentation on what he had discovered late in life about how he could, in the most healthy and faithful way, live into transitions in life. Transitions in life, as he reminded us, happen at all stages. Some are joyous and wonderful and exciting, and some can be rather tender and painful. But here's what he discovered. His wife, Phoebe, had entered into a stage of dementia that had grown rather difficult. And he was working on understanding what the rhythm and pattern of their love might look like. And then he shared this amazing moment when he said, he walked into Phoebe's room, and she looked at him and said, I cannot remember your name but I know I love you. I cannot remember your name, but I know I love you. And Phil said it began to dawn on him in that tender and sad and yet moment of still love. He said this is what he came to understand about transitions in life and that it's counterintuitive to us. He said in life, you have to say goodbye before hello. Goodbye comes before hello. And so what he said is that he was in the process of saying goodbye to what once was, but he was finding a way to say hello to some way of love and joy in his marriage. 
But he said, that's how it is with all transitions. You have to say goodbye before hello. And so I am deeply grateful for the wisdom of people like Phil Anderson, who have helped me better understand how to live faithfully. So B. B is, this is a good one for the Thanksgiving season, but it's a metaphor. But my B stands for Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts, I really do, but I know a lot of people don't. And I guarantee you, if on Thanksgiving Day you go back to the, to the kitchen island for seconds, you can go through the line and the bowl of Brussels sprouts, there will be plenty left. There is every year. But Brussels sprouts remind us that some things that earlier in life we may not have liked or even been willing to try with time or patience and some wisdom might become something really nourishing and delightful. And that's what Brussels sprouts remind me of. I love them, but they remind me of things that we sometimes grow into, things that become an acquired taste. We should put those in our gratitude bag as well. Second B in Sabbath stands for birth. Birth. Now, this is sort of a Trojan horse because there's no C or M in Sabbath. And so birth reminds me of my favorite television show. And it's a BBC show called, entitled, Call the Midwife. It's an astonishing television show. It is the best show about ministry I've ever encountered. The story of Call the Midwife is based on a true memoir of an Anglican nun and the Anglican nuns and the lay midwives in the downtrodden section of East London. And in the 1950s and early 60s, they are midwives helping out a community, a neighborhood that was short of health care. And here's the remarkable piece of it and what makes midwives a great metaphor for ministry. They cannot take away the pain that the mother is experiencing. They cannot do the hard work for the mom. But they can make it less frightening. They can give them courage when courage is needed, strength when strength is needed. And the midwives are witnesses. They are testimony to the joy they experience, the pain, and yes, sometimes the suffering and sadness. But if you think about it, that show called The Midwife is a metaphor for what God is like. For God never promises us that we won't experience pain. God never promises us to do the hard work on our behalf of facing injustice. But God promises to be with us throughout the process, throughout our lives, to give us strength when strength is needed, courage when courage is needed, and yes, sometimes to make life less scary. I love Call the Midwife. It's an amazing television show, and I'm grateful for its glimpse of God in our world. A, this one may surprise you, but I'm, I'm grateful for aging. I am, I'm really grateful for aging. I mean, I'm not grateful that I wear glasses all the time. I have a little arthritis in my foot. Apparently, some people say I may have lost a step or 10 on the basketball court, but I'm grateful for aging. I turned 60 this year. I mentioned that in a sermon. But you know, I like numbers, and, and I realized both of my parents lived into their 90s. Maybe if I'm lucky, I'll live to be 90, which means 30 more years. 
I'm 60, and that's, I was 30 years ago. I was just 30 years old. So I still have a remarkable portion of life left, I hope and pray. And so I'm really grateful for aging. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm delighted to be able to say to you that this is turning out to be the best time of my life. And you know what? I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but then with all of you. Now, I do still play basketball. And Claire says, why do you still play basketball? She says, why don't you play only with people your age and older? <laughs> and she said that to me because one day a few months ago, in two consecutive games, I realized the two players I had covered on the other team, if you added their ages together, did not add up to 60. <laughs> but I keep playing. And it reminds me of a quote from George Bernard Shaw, and it has to do with all of you. How whatever you think of as play, whether it's painting or singing or whatever. And he said, do not quit playing because you are old. Because if you quit playing, you will grow old. Don't quit playing. Paint, sing, dance shoot baskets. But I'm grateful to be the age I am and the place in life I am. T. What well, kind of relates, I suppose, to age? T is, stands for a word that I think is, more than anything, a metaphor. And it's a beautiful metaphor. A metaphor of hope. T stands for tomorrow. Tomorrow. That doesn't mean put off today what you, what you should do today. It doesn't mean we shouldn't face injustice today, do God's work today, to wait until tomorrow. But tomorrow is a word of hope. It's a metaphor, a glimpse of what might be. Today might be a really difficult day for you. It might be a painful day for you. But tomorrow you will awaken to a new one. Which is one of the reasons why my closing benediction which is based on an old Anglican bishop's prayer, is may God support you all the day long till the shadows lengthen, the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed. Then may God grant you rest, peace, and hope for tomorrow. Tomorrow is a wonderful word. It's a word of hope. H. H stands for heroes. Heroes are out of fashion in our culture. In fact, it's called an anti-hero time in our culture. And you know what happens if someone says, well, so-and-so, she-he's a hero of mine. Someone will say, well, did you know that she-he did this, this, or this, which wasn't so good? Or someone else says, this is my hero. And someone else will say, well, your hero did this or that. And yes, all heroes are human. All heroes are imperfect. But sometimes heroes are just courageous and they may not even know they're heroes. So one of the persons I want to lift up for you is someone that when I think of her, I think of the prophet Jeremiah from the Old Testament. The prophet Jeremiah, one of the great prophets of the Hebrew Bible, says near the very beginning, God, I can't speak. How can I speak? I'm too young. And I am grateful for the 16-year-old Swedish activist Greta Thunberg who has reminded us time and time again, not that we have a climate change issue, but as she said, a climate crisis. And not only for her age group, 
but for her children and eventually her grandchildren. She is fiery and feisty and straightforward. And I know you may not love her style, but I am grateful for her reminding us that the future is not ours, but the generations to follow. I think she's a remarkable, courageous hero. And I'm grateful for Greta Thunberg. But on the other age spectrum, I'm grateful for someone who's been long gone. His name was Abraham Joshua Heschel. He died quite some time ago. Abraham Joshua Heschel was one of, if not the great, philosophical minds of the 20th century. A brilliant intellect. And here's what he had the courage to discover late in life. He said, when I was young, when I was young, I was in awe of intelligence. That's what I thought was so important in people. But now that I am old, I am in awe of kindness. Exactly. That to me is courageous, almost heroic, to remind us that in the end, it's kindness that counts. Well, that is how I spell Sabbath this 2019. It's your time now. I hope when you go home, you will spell Sabbath for yourself. Think of the things you will put into your gratitude bag. And then most of all, most of all, I hope and pray for each and every one of you that you have a blessed Thanksgiving. Amen. <laughs>